Welcome to Insight Faster, a podcast by MDPI. Open access is only really open if it's open to everyone. So we decided to sit down with some of our researchers to let them explain some of the fantastic work that they do. We'll talk about what it means to them, but also how it's going to affect all of us. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to Insight Faster, a podcast by MDPI. Today we're going to be talking about cryptocurrency with two researchers, Dr. Mina Sami and Dr. Wael Abdullah from the American University in Cairo. Now, before you tell me you've heard enough about crypto and switch us off, let me just say that our discussion today won't be about cryptocurrencies going up, down or anywhere else. Instead, we're going to look at some of the real impacts of cryptocurrency on our wider economic systems and how these effects differ around the globe as crypto moves from being a fringe to a mainstream financial technology. Dr. Sami and Dr. Abdullah recently published their paper, Does Cryptocurrency Hurt African Firms? in MDPI's Risk Journal. So thank you for joining me on Insight Faster. Let's start with some quick introductions. Could you tell us a little about yourselves and your research? Okay, I'm uh, Wael Abdullah, an assistant professor of finance at the American University in Cairo. I have earned my PhD in finance from Salford Business School, Great Manchester, UK, 2013. Along with teaching graduate and undergraduate investment analysis and corporate finance courses, I am active in delivering training modules and technical consultation services for senior corporate managers in many local and multinational firms and banks in Egypt and MENA region. This is a brief about my bio for the academic life. Thank you. So from my side, so I'm also an assistant professor of economics at the American University in Cairo, Department of Economics. So I got my bachelor degree from Cairo University. I did my master's and my PhD in France too. I specialized in statistics and I do econometrics. I teach statistics and econometrics since I was in France. And I also worked at Business France under supervision of ministry of uh, economy in uh, France. Then I went back to Cairo, where I'm working here at the UC, and I do also consultancy for many commercial banks, and I work also with top research institutions in the regions, like the Economic uh, Research Forum, uh, which is the hub of the economic research in the region here in, in Africa. How does that lead you to kind of researching cryptocurrency? And why was it a field that you wanted to devote your research time to? Yes, in the research from our side, uh, we were always interested about the investment and uh, the productivity questions of the firms. This was our initial research when we started this part. So we care about the firms, how they affected the economy, how they create the value added. You know, for example, you have the Standard and Poor's 500, the S&P 500, they create 45% of the world GDP. So just we have here 500 firms. So with the emergence of the cryptocurrency in 2009, the important expansions here, especially in 2017, it attracted us to work in this part. So we can see that it started with zero dollars. It has no price. And finally, in 2017, we found it starting in January with $1,000. And by December 2017, it just break the $20,000. So 
2017 was one of the top years for the success of the cryptocurrency. So we thought that here we have to include in our research the cryptocurrency since it will affect what we care about investment, it creates money, it helps for people to do the loans. So this was the starting point for us to do cryptocurrency. We tried to think about it. It's an important investment opportunity that was not really highlighted by literature, like, for example, other investment opportunities such as the stock market. So what happened in 2017, it was our starting point to work in the cryptocurrency part. I've also been struck by the rise of cryptocurrency, especially given that, as you say, it, it was been around now for quite a while, but it only really came into the public sphere of awareness for a lot of people when it really started to gain that value in 2017. What do you think it was that suddenly pushed it into the mainstream in terms of both its gain of value and the amount of people who are adopting it and investing in it? Yes, I believe that this field of study is quite interesting for many reasons. First of all, crypto is not different from any other high-risk investment in its particular application. So mainly investors' risk tolerance and investment objective determine whether or not they should invest in this security and the security of investing in cryptocurrency and the protection are one of the two main pillars that we have to concentrate upon. However, crypto investors enjoy potential high returns, protection from payment fraud, immediate settlement, diversification, and greater liquidity. On the other hand, they suffer from high volatility and the potential for significant losses, black market activity, unregulated and unbagged regulation and unbagged market. So this is mainly why it's a very interesting topic and hot topic nowadays in order to research it. And in your paper, you talk about how the adoption of cryptocurrency has been particularly strong in Africa, given that it has the highest proportion of cryptocurrency users in the world. Do you think that these policies, this high volatility, the fact that it is not regulated or controlled by any one centralized authority, the fact that there is the opportunity for people to make money from it without having to rely on the central bank or the conventional banking system, do you think that is particularly attractive to adopters in Africa? Yes, the part in Africa is uh, really important, is really critical if you compare it with the rest of the countries worldwide. So Africa, there are many problems in the financial system. So you can see that 57% of the people are unbanked in Africa. We highlight also the African continent that people, they face important barriers to have accounts in the bank. There are very high fees to do your bank account relative to the income in Africa. So this motivates the people to find other source of money, other way to invest their money with low transaction costs, which is the cryptocurrency here. So Africa, yes, people, uh, they already suffer from the low quality financial system. Therefore, they're trying to find a resort like the cryptocurrency even if it's decentralized, there is no central bank for them, it's fine because they have something worse than this. So this is for Africa's story. And I think that that is probably quite overlooked by especially the, the Western coverage of cryptocurrency. It's very much focused on the idea of people investing and then making a lot of money and then getting out and having that as a sort of a revenue stream beyond their job or what they earn normally. And I think that a lot of the coverage misses one of the, probably the most central element of Bitcoin, this idea that it is centralized and it allows people to 
get returns on those investments away from the conventional banking system. And I just wondered what you thought about the coverage of cryptocurrency around the world and what it misses in terms of the impacts and the potential implications of cryptocurrency beyond simply the ability of retail investors to get rich quick. I think that people perceive cryptocurrency in two, four types based mainly on their utility. So first of all, they can be perceived as a currency. And of course, all of us know the Bitcoin. And the aim was to make cross-border payment transaction cheaper and faster over the years. It's proved to be a store of value. In 2009, as Dr. Mina has said, one Bitcoin was roughly equal to one dollar. Now the value has grown to be $48,000. Another type is an asset. Cryptocurrency can be considered as an asset, like stable coins can be categorized as an asset as the value of these cryptocurrencies is derived mainly from the value of an external assets. Again, the third type is to be an objective. As many buyers think this is uh, where the future of cryptocurrency lies, these types of cryptocurrencies were created to finance special projects aimed at solving the world's problem. For example, Seikon seeks to solve the problem of expensive cloud storage and many others like NFT-based. And finally, the fourth one is the joke coin. These are created strictly for fun with no specific goal or purpose, yet they are worth millions nowadays. In our paper, a new perception was introduced to the globe about the impact of crypto market volatility on the firm's market cap, especially on the sectoral level in Africa. Exactly. That was going to be my next question. Given that we've explored all the different reasons now that people invest in cryptocurrency and the fact that this is perhaps unnoticed and underappreciated, the diversity of reasons why people adopt it. I was really interested in your paper and in the fact that you actually looked at some of the impacts on our traditional economic systems and the firms that are already operating in Africa of this increasing adoption of cryptocurrency. So could you tell us a little about your experience conducting the research and why you were interested in putting together this assessment of the impact of cryptocurrency on African firms? Ah, yes. So the cryptocurrency has its specialty. So for example, if we discuss about the stock market, you can see that the stock market is really developed in the developed economies, like for example, US, UK, you have the developed economies, they already have important share in the stock market. They, they have an efficient system. They have high number of transactions there. Unlike Africa, the stock market is not good. The cryptocurrency is quite different. So we can see that in developing economies, cryptocurrencies succeeded. So, for example, you can see that the share of the users to population in, for example, Kenya or South Africa may be like or exceeding, for example, some developed economies like United Kingdom, right, U.S., and others. So the cryptocurrency is quite different with the African case. This is the first thing that you need to highlight to understand its effect in the economy. So here in Africa now, you have Kenya, you have South Africa, you have Zimbabwe, you have many countries that 
There is a lot of traders here. We have an important part of a crypto tree traded in those economies. So if you look at the Africa part, we need to understand the impact. This was the motivation for our research. So then for our research, we found that these impacts are quite important for the firms. So we found that the innovative sectors in Africa, the good sectors, the robust sectors, the sectors like technology, the sectors like the real estate, they have innovations, the strong sectors that already operate well in the stock market, they were able to compete with the cryptocurrency. They were not affected in the cryptocurrency. However, the low added value sector, the sectors that suffer a lot in the stock market, like, for example, you have the finance sector for sure, like financial system, the industrials and other sectors, they cannot compete. They lost their investors in favor of the cryptocurrency market. So I will leave this sector as I found another opportunity that I can go given that you have low value added and uh, you are already volatile, you are already risky. These sectors, they already don't provide good returns. So people, they go to other alternative choice. And this is the special part of the story of Africa itself. This is what I wanted to get into. This difference in how different firms are affected by cryptocurrency. Is it because these firms put themselves by the nature of their their business, the way the nature of their investors, they put themselves in direct competition with the cryptocurrency sector? Is that the problem that they're experiencing more than the impact of cryptocurrency hurting the market in general? It is taking investors away from these specific firms. Yes, I think in particular, real estate and IT realized the highest competitive return in this region over the last decades. While on average, the energy, financial, industrial and consumer service sectors had relatively low and negative return. Consequently, the industries that operate poorly lost their investors, as Dr. Mina said, in favor of other alternative cryptocurrency markets. On the other hand, the highly competitive sectors maintained their position, and I mean the IT and the real estate. Also, one of the interesting things that showed in our results that the cryptocurrency market has a negative impact on high debt firms. This implies that investors drop high-leverage firms from their portfolios and invest in crypto as a high-risk alternative investment seeking for higher return. So investors are really looking for a more solid return on their investment. So we are experiencing this situation in which it's the investors who are seeing the least return that are turning to cryptocurrency because it offers the potential for a, a more solid or a more substantial return on that investment. That's actually quite interesting. It makes me think, what's the end game here? If this trend were to continue and the cryptocurrency adoption in Africa was to increase and to keep moving in the directions that it's moving, what do you think the impact would be on these firms in the long term, in the future? So I believe that the effect, we have two scenarios here. The first scenario will be related to the firms that are innovative, the firms that are good, that are productive, that are creating a good added value. So we have fair added value. They will be able to compete. So the firms, as we highlighted in our paper, 
they are forced now, the African firm, to join a new competition, a new market that they have to compete with their innovations, with their production. And here at this point, the good firms will be in the market, will stay in the market. I believe that the firms that will not be able to innovate, will not be able to do technologies, they will be forced to exit from the market. So I expect that the good firms, the innovative, will expand. They will have other dynamic expansions in the region and the small or the non-productive firms may be forced to exit from this highly competitive market. In your paper, you talk about how governments have tried to mitigate the impact of these trends. You say that the measures that they've put in have been quite ineffective. Why do you think that has been and what have governments tried to do to try and mitigate these negative impacts? Okay, I think that some governments are legalizing the cryptocurrency and other governments in Africa are not legalizing cryptocurrency trading. So I think whether they are legalizing it or not legalizing it, the impact of legalization and illegalization will be seen in the future, not right now. That's why we cannot judge the experience of legalizing it or not legalizing it right now, but we still have time to give the right judgment. I think to add so to Dr. Zuel also this part that even if the government illegalized, so the people, they trade. So if you look in Egypt here, it's illegalized, but we found 1.7 million users the last year in cryptocurrency. So illegalizing, it seems for us in the research that it didn't work. And legalizing also, who legalized, they were also negatively affected. So the negative effect dominated the countries that legalized and dominated the countries that illegalized. This is what interesting to highlight. Yeah, it definitely puts up an interesting question and one that I'm glad that I don't have to answer. That leads me on to a more general question about cryptocurrency. If this is the case, are we just on this course now? Will the adoption of cryptocurrency continue exponentially? And will we be left with normal economic systems that are suffering for it? Yes, for the cryptocurrency. So we can say that it hampers the currencies of the government. It hampers the power of the governments themselves. But I believe that there is another story that we can tell on the wrong ground. So from our research, we found that some firms were not affected. But I believe that on the long run, if we have more research on the long, more data on the long run, we would test the effect of cryptocurrency on the productivity of this world. I believe that we might find that due to fierce competition that will happen in the market, some firms will benefit, they will try to innovate, they will try to maintain their position because I believe the market or the perfect competition market is the market that innovates. This is according to the microeconomics basics. So on the long run, some firms, yes, can benefit from this. They can be more productive, which adds a lot to the added value. Uh, honestly, not all the firms are productive in the economy. If we look at, for example, the US, you can highlight that approximately 1% of the firms, they do 70% of the GDP, approximately. So the small firms create value added. I believe that the cryptocurrency might create for us in Africa, few firms that create the true added value in Africa, which can make our economy better. 
However, the, this is also constrained by government action. So I believe that the government, they are invited to update the stock market. So raise the problem of the financial system. They have to, to raise the problem of disclosures and the problems of the investor problems. So they have to work on in, uh, many research to make the stock market innovative market. So I believe the government has a lot to do in this part. They can benefit from the money that is generated from the cryptocurrency market. Yes, the cryptocurrency can generate market for some investors. And if the market is good, if we have good firms, if we have good stocks, for sure, the economy can benefit from this story. But the government should be more focused on, on changing the system and updating the stock market system. So this is what will, at the end, determine the effect of the cryptocurrency market. And to add to what Dr. Mina is saying also, that the cryptocurrency can be selected by the investors as an asset allocation and a new asset class, along with the stocks and the bonds and the ETFs and other investment tools in the financial markets. So it can be included in the African investor portfolio in order as a hedge fund or as a kind of increasing their potential returns in the future in order to grasp the altitude of having a high return in some scenarios. Okay, so it's, it seems to me it's, it's not going to be one or the other. It's not going to be either crypto or our regular financial system. It's about updating our financial systems in order to integrate cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency investors into the wider community that seems a bit more manageable and so i just wanted to ask if people want to take away one or two lessons from your paper either governments or individuals what would you want them to take away from it I think from the government point of view this paper confirmed that african countries that have banned cryptocurrency have failed to protect their domestic firms And this fact calls for government intervention to enhance all the financial market competitiveness in Africa. And we have drawn a policy implication from this paper that can be categorized into three main dimensions. First of all, boosting the innovation and improvement regulations in the traditional financial markets to compete with the crypto. Government should foster the diversity of stocks in Africa. And I mean by this by doing a lot of IPOs and increasing the number of listed companies in their financial markets and in their stock markets and start for the African country that they don't have financial system or they don't have stock markets. They have to start thinking about the innovation or the introduction of the stock markets and the capital markets in their financial system. And it's also time to address financial service and infrastructure challenges in Africa, which have become an obvious median to the development and competitiveness of the stock markets. That seems like a great lesson. I also want to ask what's next for yourselves individually. You spoke before about what you've done in the past, and this paper is certainly a great achievement and one that will, I'm sure, teach us all about the real impacts of cryptocurrency. But I was wondering, what have you got planned for the future? Yes, we're careful about two questions. So we care about two questions in the future. The first one is related to the remittances in the cryptocurrency. So remittances from a country to another is an important question. People that do remittances, they face 
problem, high transaction costs, sometimes from the bank, from the institutions that transfer the money. So now we have that many remittances are done through the cryptocurrency system. So I think this question is, is the first question that we're trying to do next. We have another question, but it requires more time, more data, and more effects that, that are more tangible to, to measure it is the effect of this cryptocurrency on the productivity of the economy. So the firms will really innovate, the firms will really be able to compete. The government will do its role in updating the system or, or not. So the last thing that we're planning to do, but we, I think it's been two, two or three years, we're trying to uh, issue a book about what we really learned from the cryptocurrency. So what we have now is there are sort of papers. We're trying to have minor uh, parts. We add the true added value. But to understand the full story, this will be important. So this is uh, for our next plans in this area. And I would like to add that I'm starting to include the cryptocurrencies in my asset classes for uh, investment analysis courses and try to, in the future, uh, go deep inside the cryptocurrency and uh, to examine the valuation of the cryptocurrency in order to uh, seek a trend or something like that in order to predict what is the next uh, movement in the cryptocurrency prices to be included in my investment analysis courses. Well, I think that sounds really worthwhile that actually when we're talking about higher education, when we're teaching students, we start from the beginning. And that instead of us having to all catch up to cryptocurrency in our systems, we're learning about it from the start. And we're getting to grips with it in the same way that we would any other financial system and in any other financial investment. Finally, We tend to ask our guests about five things that our listeners can look out for in the next five years in their field. This could be future publications, TV shows, books, films, conferences, new technology, anything. So what's next for you guys and what's next for the field in general? So what we're planning, so just we're planning a book, so the book to understand the cryptocurrency as we highlighted. So what we really learn from the cryptocurrency, this is our first target in the, the future here. We already started that we are trying every day to compile, to add the new research in the field, the new facts, till we find that we have solid ground and the final true material to add this book. So this is what uh, we're planning to do. Dr. Well, I think uh, you can also discuss about the other. Yes, yes. I think that all what I'm uh, asking from the listeners is to uh, read more about the cryptocurrency and try to dig in the information and try to think about how can we calculate the fair value of a crypto. This is the very important question. In any traditional financial tools, we are using technical analysis and fundamental analysis in order to take a decision about to buy a stock or not to buy a stock. But for the cryptocurrency, the trends and order the technical or the fundamental, there is no intrinsic value. There is an extrinsic value. How can we capture all the factors or how can we determine the factors that will set the price of the cryptocurrency and the next move for it? So I think this is a very interesting topic that we have to read about and we have to search for it and we have to learn it for our students in the future. I think, uh, Dr. Well, to add also that our message to government or the policymakers in the paper is not to, to legalize or illegalize. So we found that legalizing or illegalizing, we are negatively affected. 
the real message is that we need to update the financial system. We need to do more innovations. You know, when we have a monopoly market, the monopolies, they don't innovate. If I find my position is good, I don't have competitor, we don't innovate. Our message will always remain that the government should be ready to this competition. To be ready is to update the financial system, to check that high transaction costs, not just in the financial system, just not the stock market, but we're discussing also about the remittances question. Remittances question is an important question. So this is the main message that the government can do for the moment. I believe it, regardless of illegalizing and and legalizing, I think this needs more research, this needs more work to understand it. Thank you, Batsan. An excellent summary of what's to come, what we can do as individuals and what needs to be done on a larger scale. Now, it's hard to think of a subject which has been as widely discussed as cryptocurrency has, but which remains opaque in what it really means for the rest of us. And part of this reason is for its disparity in knowledge surrounding cryptocurrency and the different opinions in terms of the role it has to play in our financial systems. And it's research like Dr. Mina and Dr. Weil's paper that needs to happen to bridge the gap and help us better understand what we're getting into when when we embrace cryptocurrency. We'll provide links to our guest paper in risks, along with links to anything else we've spoken about on today's podcast. We'll also provide links to our social media so you can keep in touch with everything that's going on at MDPI and beyond. And you can also suggest topics for the podcast by emailing me at jasper.clo at mdpi.com. So all that remains is for me to say thank you so much, guys, for coming on Insight Faster. It's been really interesting and you've given me a lot to think about, but I feel like I'm coming away from this topic more informed and I think feeling a bit more positive that it doesn't have to be the systems that we have now or cryptocurrency, but rather there's potential for them both to exist with one another, as it seems like they are both here to stay. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jasper. It was nice to join this great talk. Thank you, Jasper. Thank you. Thank you. We'll definitely be back to you to hear about some of the work you were talking about, remittances as well. It seems really interesting. And when the book's ready, I'd love to hear from you so we can have a discussion about that as well. So all that's left for me to say now is thank you for listening. I've been Jasper Clow and this has been Insight Faster.